Friends, welcome back. My name is Tiffany Pratt, and this is my love jam. By my side, my bestie Coco on the mic, doing the mix. Say hi, Coco. Yo, what's up? We're just over here in Toronto, Canada, meeting people, discussing our journey, and uncovering all the facts and the figures and the feelings about love. Love comes in many sizes, shapes, and forms. And I'm here talking to some of the coolest people I know all about their journey and the things that they do to bring love into their life. This is a podcast all about that. I want you to laugh. I want you to cry. I want you to write some things down and I want to inspire you because this is your journey. And this little bud in your ear with this wild pink haired woman in Toronto might get you going get you feeling creative and get you feeling lucky to live a more exciting and colorful life. So I love you now. I've always loved you. I'll love you later. So will Coco. I sure will. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to jam and we're going to share all about love. And a few other things. What other things, Coco? You know, life stuff. You're right. Life stuff. Let's do this. Tiffany Pratt and I are back for season three of The Love Jam. And Tiffany, who do we have to thank? You know, this whole thing, Coco, would not be possible without my friends at Delta Fawcett Canada. Absolutely. And without their support and their ongoing um, love, really, we would not be here. And it's been from day one, right from season one, right through season two, now into season three. Mm-hmm. They've had our backs. They've supported the message and they want to keep the love going strong in the world. And this is how they're doing it. So thank you so much. And it's not just about supporting the Love Jam, but it's it's about sending a message out to the people that listen to the Love Jam. So we thank Delta Fossa Canada for that. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much. The first guest on Love Jam season three is my original OG BFF from high school, Daintree Robson. Even after our 27-year friendship, we ended up doing the exact same thing. We're both designers. She's here to talk about why she's such a badass, a little bit about design, but mostly about her health journey and her upcoming double mastectomy. You can find Daintree on her website, which is www.robsonholliford.com or on Instagram, which is robsonholliford underscore design. And I know you're going to love her story and our story, and you'll find her laugh so infectious. And I'm really grateful to share her with you today. I hope you enjoy this episode. Friends, without further delay, Daintree Robson in the house. Coco, say hi. Hey, everybody. You know, this is another new addition to the third season. Coco has his own mic. <laughs> I was forced into it. You weren't forced into it. You love it. I'm, I'm so shy. <laughs> well, back by demand, Coco is usually a man in the, in the shadows, but now we've given him his own mic because he's been such a vital part of not only the Love Jam creating the music and making sure everything sounds so crispy and sexy, but... He's also a huge part of the interviews and having the guests feel welcome and asking awesome questions behind the scenes. So I thought it would be important to put you forward, Cokes. Thank you very much. So when you, when Daintree walked in, you knew about this woman before uh, before we even got started because... Because you've mentioned her as being part of your childhood. So Daintree... Not childhood, but like high school. Right. So my very first high school best friend is in the house. And I remember, well, how many, two grades apart? What was our, our age gap? A uh, grade apart? One grade. One grade. One grade apart. Weren't in any classes together. How did we even meet? Wow. I'm trying to remember. I was in ninth or 10th grade. Was it student council? Were you did on we, student council with me? Yeah. Uh, well, I honestly, I don't even remember. I don't even remember. I think it was just- Passing just in the hallways? Immediately drawn to one another. Okay, so I was just peeing before you came to pick me up. (laughs) And I was thinking about all the things about us that are so different, but so similar. Yeah. And so I would say anyone out there listening who has your first best friend around them, you realize that that first best friend without consciously knowing represents 
the core essence of you, yet nothing about you whatsoever. Absolutely. So I would say the core essence of each other is bang on. It's almost like we could feel like we were similar beings, but then, you know, you add all the trimmings around us and (laughs) we're so different. (laughs) And it's fantastic. <laughs> like, I'm going to talk about things that I was, as I was peeing, I was thinking about, like, I wear the most God-awful oversized oh, grandma underwear. Jesus, it's the bane of my existence. <laughs> <laughs> you wear the sexiest stuff. She does this, like, tight, gorgeous liquid liner on her eyes. And mine's always, like, sloppy eye cold that's smudged everywhere. I always just feel like you do this, like, killer natural thing. And I'm always, like, so overdone and overdyed. Um, I, I always feel like you lean on like heels and wearing things that are tight and like look really polished and beautiful. I'm like bohemian and my shit's like <laughs> flouncy and oversized and I've got like the Birkenstocks. It's the yang to the yang. Right? But it's funny because of us knowing each other so well, the conversation literally in planning this, half an hour ago, you called me to... I was like, what do you want to do first? Lunch or do the podcast? You're like, fuck it. Let's do the podcast. <laughs> but you had to check on the hangry first because you know that's real. I'm like, if you get out of that car and you're hangry, we're going to get nowhere. <laughs> so tell me if you need to eat or if you're good. She's like, no, I just had a muffin. I'm fine. Snacks. Let's do this. Snacks. It's all about the snacks. So uh, shout out to anyone listening today. If you have a best friend, somebody that you've known for a long time, you're going to want to tune into this one because this is a beautiful story that I think everyone's going to love. Because it's insight to two gals who have loved each other unconditionally for, what did you say? 27 27 years. 27 years. And we've been on such a wild ride together. We've seen each other through so many incarnations. Mm -hmm. Um, Lost touch, regained touch, lost touch, regained touch so many times. But I would say um, the beautiful thing is um, the stories that you're going to hear that I think you're going to love. And the E-True Hollywood story of questions that I'm sure... All of you are wondering about. <laughs> I got, I got the scoop. She's got the scoop. Um, okay, so Daintree, tell the peoples. Let's start in with the hot burning question. Mm-hmm. When you show up, I remember the summer you came to one of the events that I was hosting at a furniture store that's in your hood, and you surprised me, and you mm-hmm. showed up. And um, for anyone listening, um, I am a designer in Canada, and I do TV work. So sometimes I'll do appearances in different places. But what's also cool is Daintree has also become a designer as well. So what's extra cool is that we have the same job, but we do it in different ways. Absolutely. So we can totally talk about the same stuff. So when we discovered this, tell me how, like, when did we discover we're both designers at the same time? Like, when did all that happen? Well, I mean, I guess... I guess pretty much after you came back to Canada, yep. I was um, already in the field. Yep. Uh, I was at a school doing, I was actually, well, I started in corporate, so I was doing the corporate. And then you sort of dipped your toe Fell into, into a glitter pie. You know what's funny too is this is another beautiful difference between us. You did all the proper schooling, crossed your T's, dotted your I's, had to do all of that. Mm -hmm. And I just fell into it, no schooling whatsoever, and just kind of like got myself in the thick of it, which is another thing that's so funny about us. It's so funny, yeah. It's it's it kind of it's like our the friendship. It's just always the way that it's gone that, you know, we we seem to always end up in such a similar space, yeah. but our journeys to get there are night and day different. But I think that's sort of the beauty. Yeah. The beauty. Yeah. And the inner knowing always that no matter what it is that we're doing, we're always aligned, which I love. hundred percent, which is why we can laugh our butts off. Poor <laughs> yeah. Coco in the editing. Coco, prepare for all the laugh. This laugh though is addictive for me. As soon as I hear her laughing, I'm like, what else can I say that's going to make her keep laughing? What else can I, what else stupid can I do that's going to keep that laugh going? Well, yeah. I love it. Isn't it a great laugh? It's fantastic. So we became designers in the here now, yep. but the journey to that was two girls in high school that I think we looked at the world very differently than our I would say our peers because mm-hmm. I don't ever look at you and I as typical teenage girls. I don't, yeah, I don't. I don't think we ever really were. I think we. I mean, we spent our time so differently than a lot of our our classmates. Yeah. You know, it's the the design magazines and the. Remember, we used to go to IKEA. Oh man! Drag our boyfriends to IKEA, and Getting we would walk paged. through. Yep. <laughs> We would go to Ikea together because at the time, you know, when you're in high school, you think Ikea is the coolest thing in the whole world. hundred percent. And we would beg our boyfriends to drive the extra, what, 45-hour drive Mm -hmm. to Ikea. (laughs) 
and we would we would walk around and we would talk about design and we talk about the things we could do to our rooms and we would end up losing our boyfriends. Yeah. And we would be somewhere in IKEA and they all of a sudden we would hear our names being paged <laughs> over the system. Uh would a Tiffany Pratt and a Daintree Robson please report to customer service and you and I look at each other like, "Oh, those bastards. They did it again." <laughs> <laughs> but Coco, they literally would go to customer service every time and have us paged. And it became this thing where we're like, can you not have us paged this time? Just go to the cafeteria. Yeah. Hey, listen, I've I've been in that position a few times. With me. (laughs) Waiting in the car for 20 minutes when you went in to get a bottle of water and then came out with $300 worth of makeup and eyeshadow. Well, it's it's necessities. Things change. Listen, I I am an easy target for those ladies at the drugstore. They see me and they're like, I'm going to sell this lady that eyeshadow palette. You know, they can see it coming. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I want this podcast to be about self-love. Yes. And accepting who you are. Because I, I, as I think about the topics of what I want to share with each person, self-love, accepting who you are and owning it and knowing it, it doesn't matter how old you are. And I think that that's one thing that I love about you. I love about our friendship mm-hmm. is I think from a young age, we accepted who we were yeah. and we weren't afraid of being different. We weren't afraid of not having, because we didn't have a large friend group. It was kind of, I was just saying to Coco, you know, it's 27 years, so I can't remember everything, but I don't remember my friend group. I remember you. Yeah. I didn't have a group of women. I had you. Yeah. You were my touchstone. And I felt like all the things that maybe other peers wouldn't want to do, like going to the art museums or going to Ikea or going to get our noses pierced or remember we- (laughs) a disaster. We did- Remember when we glued the jewels? Okay, so. Oh, man. That was see, the university. That was. Andrew that. went off to university. Oh. I joined her to be her date at the ball. Yeah. And uh, whose idea was it to put eyelash glue in our hair so we could have. Was that me? Pretty sure that was you. <laughs> Pretty sure. So we're going to get to the hot burning question. But <laughs> what I told Daintree was a great idea was what, that we were going to put eyelash glue in our hair and glue jewels in our updos mm-hmm. and it looked sensational. Well, it sure did. But let me but tell for you. For a while. Until <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't get the jewels out. We scrubbed and conditioned and like <laughs> there was massive glue and jewels oh. stuck in our hair for what? Like a week? Yeah, basically. So. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it was, a, it was a good plan. It, it worked for what it was intended to. The, the after was the issue. Which is pretty much the story of our lives. We came up with these creative schemes. We always had some sort of concept that both of us, you or myself dreamed up. We would always be each other's best person to do it with. And we would just always, but then afterwards we both had to like, you know, pay the piper together, (laughs) which was like, okay, cool. So we're both going to have glue in our hair for the rest of the week. And now here we are. And here we are. And we wouldn't be upset with each other. It's like, well, we both got into this together. We're going to get out of this together. Basically. So all, all told, um, the one question I want, um, I know when I think of you and I think of our friendship and I see you now, I know you're exactly as I've always known you to be. And you're the ditto. same girl. You make me feel the same way. You make me laugh the same way. <laughs> I don't feel like any time has passed. Never. In the 27 years we've been friends, I think the true gift of this friendship is that we can literally go years, not talk and get on the phone. And it's like, I saw you last week. A hundred percent. And we are still those 16-year-old girls, you know, being idiots. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. And I think when people sort of figure out the longevity of our friendship and, you know, because we always seem to pop up in each other's lives. And I think when they find out the connection, yeah. the very first question that anybody asks me, no matter what, where I've met them, is, is she actually like this? Has she always been this way? And my immediate reaction is, mm-hmm. yep, <laughs> this is her through and through. There is no faking anything with this woman. So it's a resounding yes. This is, this is who she is. I don't care how old you are to anyone that is listening. I think it's important to surround yourself with people that 
celebrate you for who you are. Yeah. If you're young, if you're old, if you're in the middle of your life, I want everyone to feel that they've surrounded themselves with people and friends that really get you and want you to be who you are. You know, don't you agree? I think you need champions around you. I think that you, whether they're, I don't think having a clone of you is really going to serve your life. I think that having people who are going to champion what they know is important to you and that what really makes you happy, that's much better than having somebody who's a replica of you. And again, 27 years in, I think that's... It still stands. still stands. It still stands. (laughs) There says something about us Mm -hmm. is that we've stayed by each other's side. No matter, we are without a doubt the... Um, grab your shovel, friends. The <laughs> <laughs> the you. If we haven't talked in years, and you call me and say I need you, it's there's zero question. It's where are you? Yeah, and you're there. I think that you know it's it's just something that, especially as women, you if you have a few friends like that in your life, uh, if you're lucky enough to, um, oh man, hold on to those girls because they are. They got your back. Man, and it's it's a pretty, they'll get you through anything in your life, no matter what. It's um it's something that I hope we can all do for each other and teach ourselves to do. Because yeah. some, some of us don't believe we deserve that. And well, I think we all do. And it's never too late. It doesn't have to be that if you don't have a 27-year-long friendship or a five-year-long friendship, the, the women that pop up in your life can become that. It doesn't have to be the longevity. It's just... You'll know, and don't be afraid to grab those women or or men like me like and Coco. Coco. Yep. You know, uh-huh. don't be. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he's begrudgingly a part of the mix, but. No, no, this is good. I'm listening. Uh huh. I'm actually listening and learning. This is what's so great about being here. Right? Yeah. You do learn. Uh-huh. Okay, so I get in the car and I was just doing my five minute. So what are you doing, Dantry? What's going on? You're mm-hmm. looking so great. I'm loving it. Like, you've got a vibe right now. What's the vibe I'm feeling? Mm-hmm. And you said, right now I'm... There are... I'm at a point where in my life where... Are we allowed to swear? Yeah, swear, man. Okay. There's so, an advisory. Well, this is the reason for the advisory. So I'm at a point in my life where it's literally... There are zero fucks that I have left to give. Yep. If you don't like it, if you are not the champion that I need in my life, you're out. I'm done. I, I just I simply do not have, nor do I think anybody should have time in their life for people who aren't there for them. Or I will not justify myself or my choices to anybody. Um, I'll listen to advice or or thoughts on things, but by no means am I changing what I feel or I know is best for me based on societal pressure or anything like that. I mean, you've got to... I'm definitely at that point in my life. And I think once you get to that point, everything else just kind of gets a little bit easier. When you told me that, I wanted to tell you this, but I I was waiting for the podcast. When you said it to me, (laughs) the very first thought that came into my mind was, yeah, but haven't you always been like that? Yeah, I, and, you but know. but I think what happens as you get older, and this is this is what I'm prefacing it with. It's like, I, I, this is a call to action for all of us to remember our smaller selves, mm-hmm. because I think we do come into this world, and as we're a younger version of ourselves, we are complete, and that we let society and time yeah. and relationships and people around us try to define what we should be, mm-hmm. when all along we were complete as we were right from the beginning. A hundred percent. And I think that that's something that I wanted to say to you was I believe like that's one of the things I love about you is I've never felt like you gave five fucks. No. Well, I mean, let's you be never honest. Did. I, I really didn't. But. No. Like I wish you guys could see the picture of Daintree in high school. Like she was always wearing the wedges or the clogs. It was always a heel. It was a short skirt. It was complete, like gorgeous, awesome, complete outfits. Hair, she has this like epic, naturally curly hair, the liquid liner, everything was complete. There was a bag and a purse or a tote for every class, zippered. Everything was like just so. You drove your families. It was like a white pickup truck. Yeah. This like badass, tiny, oh my God. I remember that Jeep. Who drives to school in Jeeps and pickup trucks? Like you were badass and you would get out of these like (laughs) badass automobiles and your clogs and your heels. And I was like, 
I think that's what it was. I remember seeing you thinking, who is that girl? Who is that girl? And you were never surrounded by a bunch of people. You were always just doing your own thing. Yeah. And you did it your way. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's... That's how I remember you. Yeah. I think whether... And I think this is a good thing that we sort of were talking about our younger selves. I think no matter what, I think everybody, the appearance that they put out um, may not necessarily reflect how they feel on the inside. Now, to be honest, I really didn't um, care entirely what people thought of me or what I did. But as a young person, like, I mean, high school is not easy for anybody. anybody. And especially now. Uh, listen, now, I mean, we have nieces and nephews and-, and They're living I, in an entirely different world than we did. Absolutely. The, the immediacy of social media and the wildfire that it can be is pretty scary, let's be honest. Good, for good or bad, it yep. can really change things. Um, I but, think the younger people know too much right now. Uh, There's yeah. too much accessibility not yeah. only to pop culture and everything else, but even to each other's inner workings in our lives. Absolutely. That we would have never known. We would, no. And thank God we didn't. Oh know? my gosh. There's stuff about Good people Lord. I still don't want to know. <laughs> Hells no. And I'm 27 years older. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't even want, I don't want to see that. No, no. Right? So I think that you always have sort of an underlying, like, you know, worry about little things. You're human. It's of course. simply the way that it is. Um, but you're built to pave a path to me. You're a trailblazer because um, you are, because you really do put your mind to something. You know who you are, you know what you want. And yes, you are not without understanding that people are out there looking at you, you know, having opinions, of sure, course. Sure. But I've never looked at you as a person that let anyone's opinion of you determine how you were going to live, be, or do. No. And that's something I love about you. And I'm so excited to share about you mm. because that type of personality has led this beautiful life that you've, you've created for yourself. Yeah. And here we are. Can you believe like we're in our forties? We're getting into our forties. I, I turned 40 in November. No, I know. But what the fuck? Yeah. When do we, when, when? are, when is this happening? <laughs> I have no idea. Right? I literally, I, in my late thirties, when anybody would ask um, you know, like how old you were, or I really had to think about it for a second because it's just, it did not seem like, like that I was creeping up to my forties. I mean, and age is never, age no, has never an issue. bothered me. I've, I've been very lucky that I've never sort of had a birthday that I was like, oh God. You know, and you look amazing. Oh, well, you don't look like you've aged. Get, yeah. You look exactly the same. <laughs> Every time I see her, I'm like, okay, cool. So when are you going to look different from high school? Okay, great. She looks exactly the same. I'm like, you are, you're a mess. Okay, you're a mess. Listen, you don't look any different either, lady. Well, I do. I have pink hair. Well, okay. So Give or hair. take. Yeah. Like a, Give a or take. huge difference. But. Give or take. <laughs> think people let age define them. Oh, God, no. All the time. Yeah. And age isn't a thing. No. And I think it's important as a woman to know that as we get older, we can get better. And there's nothing 100%. to focus on. Yeah. Right? And I think that that's a very manufactured, I think that's a very manufactured train of thought. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, that, because let's be honest, societal pressures for women are very different than, say, for cocoa. Yeah, 100%. Mm -hmm. You know, the 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 age-old thing of, you know, men get better with age and all these yep. things. I think there are so many women that I know that are, are so much more fantastic as they age. Whether it be like, like how we said earlier, you know, you literally don't give a fuck what anybody else thinks. Um, I should stop swearing if my dad hears this. He's going to not think really? I'm a lady. <laughs> Your dad, he must think I am a sailor. Doesn't he? No, he thinks you're crazy. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I know, but I think he likes it. I really do. Oh, I think he knows that I'm a fireball. Absolutely. It's, it's a good it's the crazy. the ginge connection. I think it is. It's the ginge connection. You know, 
Daintree's father is a ginger and I'm a secret mm-hmm. ginger. And um, I think he knew a long time ago I was a good kid, but certainly yeah. I brought a little bit of fire to the mix. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the, the fire to it's your gasoline. The unexpected. It's the unexpected. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he's, he's a little, uh, he gets, you're a good ruffler. Yeah. You have always said that. You do it to me often. <laughs> <laughs> I do ruffle your feathers. Yeah. I'm a feather ruffler. Yeah. But I, I do think you need, uh, here's what I think. I think that not a lot of people, especially then, because you had a hard candy shell because you were oh, sort of a sure. badass in high school. <laughs> and there was not a lot of people that would take the risk of ruffling your feathers. Uh, would you agree with this? Yeah, I never thought of it that way, but maybe, yeah. yeah. I don't think a lot of people, but because I'm such a clown, mm-hmm. I'm a total clown. <laughs> yeah. And because you knew my heart was in the right place and we were just having the best time, Mm -hmm. I could ruffle your feathers because we were pissing ourselves laughing. All the time. time. I also wanted to do a disclaimer (laughs) that you, Daintree and I were never involved with drugs and alcohol. Never, ever. So I needed to say that because as we're talking, I'm thinking everyone on the other side probably thinks we are party girls and we were out there never. drinking and smoking and doing drugs. They scare the bejesus out of me. I have never done a drug in my no. life. I, I, You did. I did. I didn't. Nothing like scary by any means. But, but we were not those kids. No, God, no. It's literally twice for me. And once was accidental. I ate a piece of chocolate that I had. No idea. (laughs) (laughs) This was an unknowing circumstance. (laughs) I was mad. It's it's considered therapy these days. Yeah. Well, it was, I I got a little greedy with the chocolate and then I got mad because the gentleman who left it was like, you ate that entire thing? You're like, "Uh, yeah, I did. I did. Was it good? It was great. It was thin, dark chocolate with caramel bits. I had a glass of red wine. It was put down. He walked away from it. That like, is you didn't not taste my problem. Anything in it? I didn't. And I, I feel like this sensitive palate, my sensitive palate, a hundred percent. I would have well, tasted I it. Well, I kind of scarfed it. Let's let's be okay, honest fine. here. You did it like was a dark chocolate. I did. You Listen, it. You know, I know the mint Hoover. chocolate chip. <laughs> if it is something that I want, the hangry could set in. Shit's got to get in there. Another difference between Daintree and I <laughs> is our eating techniques. Yes. So Daintree eats quickly. Yes. I eat slowly. Oh, for Christ's sake, painfully slow. (laughs) (laughs) Now I want to get into some some serious talk. Yes. So just picture a 27-year-old friendship. Yeah. We know the ins and outs of each other's everything. Um, we, there's no, to me, there's no limit to what we talk about. Zero. I can't think of anything I can't talk to you about. Like I could say like, can you Nothing. come over here and inspect my poo? I think I ate a bead. Yep. I'm in and there. You, and you would have gone through my, my Listen, poo. your fingers have been on my nose. Yes, we talked many about getting times. your noses pierced. When we were trying to get our piercings in each other's nose, <laughs> I could not get this stupid piercing through your, we were changing them out. Yeah. We'd always go to Port Dover and change out, remember? Yes. And we would get those little, little tiny diamonds. diamonds. Yeah. And one time we just couldn't get danger. And I had my finger shoved so far up your nose. It's not everywhere. It was, but that's love. That's what we do. That's, it was what we did for beauty. Yeah. Um, so this past year, I'm going to rewind to say my life has always been affected by cancer. Correct. Since I was a little girl, um, well, my father passed of cancer when I was seven, and I had my own scare and journey when I was 12. Mm -hmm. So I've always had a front row seat to mortality and cancer and its effects and research and understanding how quickly it can happen, take over, and change our lives. Mm -hmm. And so over the last few years, I've gotten really involved with cancer research and trying to raise money. Here in Toronto, there's, um, it's called the Princess Margaret Hospital and they do tons of cancer research development. That's the hospital where anyone who has cancer goes for their treatments. Mm -hmm. Generally, if possible, can be flown from anywhere all over the country to be treated here in Canada. And so um, while this is happening, I have my dear friend Daintree reaching out to me because- your sister, Darkeese, whom I've known my whole life. For sure. Um, was battling cancer. So take yeah. it from here. So Darkeese, uh, she went to a new doctor, um, switched family doctors. And during her sort of initial, um, basically her initial 
uh, assessment, she uh, she found a lump um, and in her breast. In her breast. Yeah. Uh, and it was basically three weeks past that initial time that Durkis had a surgery scheduled. And um, my sister has a, a amazing, sassy, fantastic uh, girl. Um, she's ten, and um, Durkis uh, had to do this with being a single parent. Um, so it was surgery. You know how my sister goes; it's every complication possible she had, um, and then it was four months of chemo. And um, then it was 10 weeks of radiation. So you were um, there for every piece of it. 100%. It's uh, walking is, your sister through this as a support. Absolutely. Knowing she's a single parent. And as yeah. I'm doing this, you know, ha ra research cancer stuff, my childhood best friends dealing with it with her sister, whom I know. Again, our lives are always for good, bad, Ugly, anything. We're beautiful, we're always connected. Um, so yeah, so I reached out to you and told you that it was, you know, ridiculous timing yet again. And, you know, that it was amazing that you were, you were doing this. Cause I think it's, um, I think that there's still a lot of people just don't take control of, of this and, you know, they don't, um, Darkies really wanted to keep it quiet. Of course. Um, cause she didn't want anybody to think, hopefully she's okay with this, but, um, she just didn't want anybody to see her as sick. Um, nope. I don't think anyone, especially a woman who takes care of themselves and yeah. has to be an example, not only for their daughter, but you know, yeah. their job, they want to be seen as powerful and they want to be seen as strong and it's well, hard. And talk about strong. That oh, is the hands ultimate. down the, that girl will, that girl is pretty spectacular. So she's in remission. She's, she is, we are, we're still a little bit, she just finished her treatment in the end of November. So she actually, tomorrow, she has her six month follow-up. Yeah. uh, With her oncologist. So hopefully that, I know it will be all clear. Um, So yeah. So in the process of this happening, Mm -hmm. um, why I'm excited to share you is also because of the journey that you've chosen to really get real with yourself. Because I know over the last six months, you know, our text messages have been things like, things are changing for me. Oh, yeah. Or I'm really looking at my life and I'm looking back on things and I want to change this and I want to alter that and I want to get serious about this or I want to be better at that. And you're really taking stock. Absolutely. And I think that that's something that all of us need to do because we only have one precious life. And yes. we have to take it very seriously because I, I do, I honestly believe that there are so many people out there walking around thinking all this is just given to us. It is. You cannot take anything, anything for, for granted. granted. It's the head in the sand analogy. Um, doesn't make things go away. And I think um, if you're proactive about things and you're open about things, I think it's the best way to to learn and to make informed decisions about your life. And I think that whether it's small things or yep. large things in life, uh, you have to you have to talk and remove the stigma of whether it's a perceived stigma or a real life stigma in, you know, whether it's mental health, cancer, any of those major things, or just simply like, I know you've had people on talking about finances and, yep. you know, prioritizing yourself and just, you have to look at things from a real, take a step back and see what, by making one decision, how that affects the rest of your life. I call this like holistic thinking. Yeah. Where it, one thing involves everything. Absolutely. And that how one thing becomes a trickle-down effect into every piece of the pie in your life. Correct. And um, I I know you know this about me, but I've always been, because I'm a middle child, because of my childhood, because of having to deal with my own mortality very soon, having dealt with my father being gone, I think I really looked at everything I've ever done very holistically. Yeah. Knowing that there, whatever stone I was casting into the water would create some kind of ripple. And I wanted to be very conscious of what that ripple was. Right. And 
that's one thing that I think we can all do, not only for each other, but ourselves. Absolutely. And when it comes time for self-care, you know, we talk about facials and massages and, you know, makeup and hair and all the things that make us feel good on the outside. But the healing journey on the inside to me is one that takes a long time. Yeah. Something that requires due diligence, something that requires lots of pushing. Mm -hmm. Because what I know you've gone through now after having dealt with Darkies was you thinking, okay, let me get the blood work done and let's find out what's in the cards for me. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, I had to go through all of the, because of the close connection and and the, the connection generations back, um, you know, one generation above, two generations above, essentially on both sides. Um, so you had the gene. I actually, so I, my doctor actually found three lumps because I had to go for a full physical. Um, so I ended up having to go through, get all of that tested. Uh, again, I went to a cancer specialized hospital and it was a very good experience. Um, I was clear. However, I do have an extremely high risk of developing breast cancer in my life. So my immediate uh, choice before I knew that I was clear or not was, uh, I am not ever going to go through what my sister did. Um, and I made the choice to have a double mastectomy. Which is going to be happening in three weeks. Three weeks. And in that three weeks, we're removing the current tissue. Correct. And then we're going to be restructuring. Correct. And we are going to look the same, but we're lessening our chances. I will have a 0% chance. And it's funny, the, the people that I've talked to about it have been like, whoa. Right, know, like, that's, of course. Like, that's crazy. And I just think, well, I don't, like, I'm, I don't want to be waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. It's simply not, not something that I'm interested in doing. Well, I think it's, uh, it's different for you than it would be for them because you had the front row. When you yeah. have a front row, it's a different conversation because you get the reels on what your sister felt like, what she yeah. looked like, what she went through, yeah. what her existence had to be. Everything about your life changes when you're not well. Yeah. And it's, and it's not only, it's, it's everybody's lives around you, you know, like exactly like you said, you, your life thought, your, the way that you look at your life changed immediately when, when you realized that mortality is real because of this awful thing in this world called cancer. Um, so I think it's one of those things that I just simply, I don't leave much to, to chance. Uh, but you're also one of the bravest motherfuckers I've ever met. Well, you are, I don't know that it's necessarily brave rather than maybe a bit more stubborn. I would like to spin it (laughs) because you may view it as stubborn. Yeah. But when I think of you as the person I've always known and loved, I look at you as my warrior princess. Mm. You're always the one that's standing at the front, willing to take the, the hit, willing to stand for what they believe, willing to do things a little differently, yeah. willing to um, walk to your own beat, willing to see things your own way and see it through. Mm-hmm. And this is a call to all those women that are out there listening Yeah, that never feel like anyone has a greater authority over yourself than yourself. Ask the tough questions. The doctors are there for you. And reach out to people. In Since making this, it's I'm about seven weeks from making the, the choice from having the surgery booked. Um, and the community around and the social media community around um, women championing other women that are in this position is remarkable. And it's women from all walks of life. It's mothers. It's, it's young women. It's old women. It's women with similar histories to mine. It's women, you know, that have gone through cancer and, and done the same route. It's, um, I, there's so many terminologies that I've learned through this and my situation is called a provider. Hmm. Yeah. Which I love I, that. I do too. Um, so, and there's, a couple of women in particular that I've been speaking with. Um, one girl's name is Serafina, and she is a astrophysicist. Of course she is. Of course she is. 
And, um, you know, it's the amount of information sharing that goes on and the, I mean, I researched incessantly about this so that I could make sure that, uh, you know, I have all of my questions answered. Again, I'm making the informed decisions, what's right for me, because everybody's situation is different. Everybody. Um, and I think that you have to be willing to ask the tough questions, the awkward questions, the, and ask, and maybe you don't get any answers, you know, but maybe you get directed to somebody else who will give you the answers. And the community that is out there, if you are willing to look, and I'm assuming that's going to be for most things in life with the way that our social media is, yep. is invaluable. You know, this is a call out too, because there's a lot of stuff that I really do recommend people turn off as far as social media is concerned. Yep. A lot of people to stop following, a lot of things to stop engaging your time with because yep. social media does become a life suck and a time suck to our vital well-being of being a part of our world. Yeah. Now, granted, I love social media. I have fun with it as a creative medium. Correct. But outside of that, I don't think we should look or partake in any part of it being negative, but so much as pursue the parts of social media that make us feel good about ourselves, yeah. connecting with people that are like-minded, mm-hmm. connecting with people who are on a similar journey and whatever journey that may be. And I think that's the beauty of social media is we can connect with people all over the world Yes. That are just like us. Yeah. And, and then we realize we're, we're all the same. Yeah. And I think it's the important thing about social media that I think, especially for the younger ones, is anything that makes you feel lesser than or question something that you really were resolute about before, that's not serving you. Right. And I think that that's something that you need to, I think our filters need to get a little bit better. Yeah. And again, the unapologetic you know, behavior needs to come in. Who cares if you unfollow somebody? Um, mute them. Yeah. You know, quiet things down a bit. Anything that just is going to water down yourself, I think you got to just do it. Just cut it off. You know, I, I listen to all this stuff and I, I believe very deeply in the powers of well-being. Mm-hmm. And I've been thinking a lot lately that if you're not directly affected by cancer, you're directly affected by some sort of dis-ease mm-hmm. in your body. Mm-hmm. And unless you are able or willing to be on the path to understanding what true wellness feels like within mm-hmm. your body, mm-hmm. you're not really ever going to know how incredible you could really feel. Yeah. And I think this was, you know, before we we started this whole thing, we were talking about, um, you know, the fact that putting more things out into the universe. And this is where, this is where we differ a lot in that you are much more connected to these things and you, you look at these things a little bit differently. And that's where I'm starting to try and make adjustments in my life to, you know, bring a little bit more calm and do more of the self-care. Yeah. Um, I think it's really important and it's something very new to me. But um, we also do that with each other. You know, sometimes we'll 100%. surround ourselves with people that don't do it. Mm-hmm. So we don't think it's a priority. Yeah. And if people around us don't take care of themselves, then we don't think it's something that we should do either. Right. And that's something that um, I'm just shouting out to anyone that's listening, mm-hmm. that the journey to health doesn't always need to start at rock bottom. Absolutely. That you don't need to have cancer or have something really big happen in your life in order for you to take your health and how you feel and your well-being as the utmost of priority. Mm-hmm. And that I can say for myself has been a big part of 2019 for me this past year, Mm -hmm. which is really putting my health first. Yeah. Not risking my sleep or time to breathe deeply or time to sweat a little bit or Mm -hmm. time to get the proper vitamins um, because we only have this one shot. Yeah. And if I'm going to tear my machine down by trying to treat it like crap, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be able to help as many people. I'm not going to be able to do as many positive things for others because I'm not being good to the vehicle that's going to get me there. Yeah, you got to fill your cup first. So here's here's what I want to say. Um, one is hold on to your friends. Yes. Hold on to your friends because... The ones that love you for who you are, not what you look like, not what you're doing, Mm -hmm. none of that stuff, but know who you are, Mm -hmm. are so important. Because Mm -hmm. even, I mean, in my life, you are invaluable. 
because you've been with me through it all. Mm -hmm. You've seen so many parts of my life and you know who I am. Mm -hmm. Outside of anything you may think now, you understand the core essence of me. Yeah. And I feel the same hundred percent. I know the core essence of you. Yeah. And nothing that anyone could ever say could get me to think differently. Never. Um, so to anyone listening, I know you're echoing the sentiments, but what would you want to tell anybody out there about friendship and about living that is sort of in line with your, your personal message right now? I just think that friendship is, it affects so many parts of your life. And I think that if, even if you have one one person, like one person in your tribe, count yourself lucky and, and hold on to them and foster that. Send the, send the message. Like, even if we, we will often send just a a emoji that's, and that's it. And we know there's so much more behind that and just take the second and and, do it and say the things, say the things that you want to say. Um, I think it's, it's, it's can change your life. And count yourself lucky if you have great friendships because they mean the world. They can get you through the good, bad, ugly, small, and more importantly, the really huge things in life. I also, I love what you just said, which is just say, because so often we assume everyone lives in a world of assumption that Mm -hmm. we assume people know that they know oh, I, she knows how I feel about her. Say it. Or she knows that I love her. Mm-mm. When the truth is, it's not about knowing, it's about feeling. And we all want to feel. And every day of our lives, we're having a feeling experience. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what's happened yesterday or last week or last year. We all want to feel mm-hmm. today. Yeah. So if we can help each other have a feeling experience today, it's to say, hey, I love you. When I get your little text messages and you're Mm -hmm. like, I love your face. (laughs) You're the only one that says that to me. It's a daintry classique. Yeah. I love your face. And I'm like, that's, it makes me laugh every time I see it. I'm like, oh my God, she busts me. Yeah. And I, you know, I always come back with my diatribe of like hippy dippy shit. I'm like, (laughs) I'm feeling you and all that other business, but it's who we are. Yeah. And we, as soon as I see your name pop up, if I'm on my phone, I respond right away. Uh, always. Because you always have to make the people who are in your life know that they're important enough for that 30 seconds for you to respond. And that's all it takes. That's all it takes. Yeah. And to feel seen is is a big thing for, yeah. for everybody. No matter where you are on the, the fucks given scale. <laughs> it's, it's a big thing. <laughs> and the other message that I want you to shout out to the peoples is self-care, health, um, yeah. you know, taking charge, any messages there? I think uh, don't be afraid to speak up and don't be afraid to reach out. And if it's like, I've reached out a ton to people and if there's somebody that may be behind me in the journey, never be afraid to reach out. You're trailblazing. A hundred percent. I would be grateful to be a help and ease somebody uh, through any of this, whether it's me putting them in contact with somebody else or me helping them along. A hundred percent reach out, talk to people um, so that you can feel comfortable that you're taking care of yourself and you're advocating for yourself. Nobody else will do it as well as you can. I also um, love that you brought that up, that no one can do it as well as you can. Mm -hmm. And to add to that, I want everyone out there to know that just because someone said something, if it doesn't resonate with you, keep digging. 100%. Because there's so many people that want to pacify, that want to just give you some blank answer. And that's one thing I've discovered in my life Mm -hmm. is that I've been told so many things over the years. And I have not stopped until I got an answer and a resolution that feels. And you'll know it. Yeah, feels right. You will know. And again, especially in the medical field, you need to feel comfortable with your team, yep. your entire team. And as soon as you do, you will know. And you always know when you don't. And it's an even stronger feeling when you do. So keep looking. And the, the medical field is a really powerful place for you to know where something feels good and where it Absolutely. doesn't. And if your choice of modality to heal yourself isn't everything that they tell you to do, Absolutely. That's okay. A hundred percent. You have to, because being 
confident within that, within your choices, is a huge part in your health. Yep. So Dig your around. story can look however you see it fit for yourself. Um, I need everyone out there to know that when I met Daintree 27 years ago years. in high school, <laughs> watching her through the hallways and somehow we connected and I don't know how, it was not a day where I consciously told myself, oh, this is going to be my best friend or we're mm-hmm. going to know each other forever. You and I never made blanket statements to each other no. that we were going to be best friends forever <laughs> or that, you know, we never made some pact or some bond because I think the one thing, the gift we've always given each other is the here now. 100%. Is that no matter where we were, whenever it was, we were with each other in that moment completely. Yeah. And it's taken us almost 30 years long and we're still going strong. Absolutely. So- we- we we'll fly the earth for one another. We have. So I put you forward always. And I'm so thankful for you always in my life for walking through my heart at a very young age. You made me feel like I belonged. Hmm. You've always made me feel like I belonged. And it's because within you is that partner in crime that I've always had. Mm-hmm. And thank you for sharing your story. Yeah. and your health journey, because I know it's such a big deal and it's such a vulnerability. And I'm so grateful you, you know, you shared and you opened up someone else's yeah. heart and ears on the other side. If it helps one person move forward with it or get the test earlier or that's whatever that's it all is. you can ask for. And thank you for being my first guest on season three. Oh, thanks for having me. I love you so much. I love you more. Especially your face. Your face. (laughs) (laughs) And I love you both. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here and sharing your most valuable asset, which is your time with me and my friends. I wouldn't be here without you supporting, commenting, and subscribing. So thank you so much. Delta Fawcett Canada, again, here we are, season three, what a ride. We would not be making this magic happen without you. And of course, the sexiness, the sounds, the music in the mix. Coco, you are the man. We are always together. And if it's not here on the podcast, you can check me out on my website, tiffanypratt.com, or you can check out my Instagram, at the Tiffany Pratt. But either way, friends, I'll see you on the flip side. I know we're going to be together again, and I'm sending you my deepest gratitude and all the glittering rainbow love. Have an amazing day. I love you. Okay, bye.